He died. He was buried. He arose. He is seated at the right hand, in authority. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him, that the communication of your faith may become effective by the precise, accurate knowledge of every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. 2018. Knowing Him. Knowing me. Welcome to Yakal House, a New Testament church. And now, our senior pastor, Prophet Gilbert Osei. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17, what does it say? 1 verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, maybe go to 16. Let's start from 16. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16. Aha. Cease not to give thanks he for says, you. He says, I cease not to give thanks for you. Making mention of you in my prayers. I make mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of glory. The Father of glory. May give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He will give unto you the spirit of wisdom. wisdom and revelation and revelation in the knowledge of him in the knowledge of him meaning there is a revelation about god about christ there is a wisdom about god there is a knowledge about god that you need to come to a lot of people have gone to church for years they have still not come to that knowledge the knowledge of seeing christ as the definition or christ as the explanation of the bible is become difficult for a lot of bishops, pastors, prophets, they are struggling to come to that knowledge that you can't interpret the Bible without Christ. Because Christ is the center of the Bible. If you want the explanation of the Bible, Jesus is. So if I want to understand the Bible, I have to start looking or reading the Bible from how Christ sees the Bible. What do I mean? Simple terms. After the death of Christ, things changed. Number one. Even before Christ died, when Jesus came, several questions were posed to Christ concerning certain teachings of Moses. And he began to explain to them that even in the first place, this law that has confused a lot of people, it was Moses who gave it. Not God. So anybody who thinks God gave you a law, that do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, meditate upon it. In the first place, God never gave anybody the law. Moses did. Moses did. Not God. Moses gave the law. So when you start seeing God from Moses' point of view, you have lost it. This week, Shaila sent me a video about somebody who did an interview in Jerusalem. In the city of Israel, asking about Jesus, and they didn't know about Jesus. They said they, they are Jews. They are from Judaism. They are not Christians. And then they said, we are sitting here, you call yourself a Christian, and you are following the laws of Judaism. John chapter 1 verse 12. John 1 12, read from 12 to 14. John chapter 1 verse 12. Okay, maybe start from 11. John 1 11. He came unto he his came own. Unto his own. Jesus came unto his own. Who, who are the Jews? The Judaism people, Israelites. He came unto his own. And his own received His own received him not. But as many as received him. Listen to me. It is, so it's very wrong to go and look for Jesus asking a Jew. He came unto his own. His own received him not. So what happened is that as many as 
received him. As many as received this message. To them gave he power to, them, to become he the sons of God. He gave them the power to become. The so when you receive Jesus, you become something. But if we have received Jesus and we have not become anything in our knowledge, something is wrong. If we have received Jesus and we are still behaving like people under the law, then something is wrong. As many as received Jesus, Jesus gave them the authority. That power is authority, is dunamis, his power is position. He gave you the right access to become the sons of God. Sons of God. So, don't think anybody living in this world who thinks God created him is a son of God. You are confusing yourself. Hey, we are all sons of God now. This is not God who created us. You are deceiving yourself. Stop deceiving yourself. He says, as many as receive. They that receive are the people who are given the power to call themselves sons of God. Continue. Even to them that believe He says, even to them that what? Believe, believe on his in, name. On his name. Which were born. Which were born. Not of blood. Not of blood. Nor of the will of the nor flesh. Nor of the will of the flesh. Nor of the will of man. But nor of the will of man. But of God. But of God. Sons of God are people who are born of God. That is why Nicodemus' question doesn't make sense. So this is John chapter 1. In chapter 3 he's asking what must I do? Should I go back into my mother's womb? Jesus said ah. If I'm talking in natural words, you don't understand. If I speak spiritual, would you understand? Are you following? So, Jesus and you becoming God's child by accepting or receiving. See the word, to them that receive. That is why throughout this series, ABC of Salvation, I've been telling you that in salvation, we don't give our life to Jesus. It's a wrong term that has been used. And as we continue using wrong terms in Christianity... We confuse Christianity. So there are some things, oh, why? Why are you correcting them? If you don't correct them, if I think I gave my life, then I think I can lose my life. So you have to work out your salvation, please. And in this series, I'll be talking about what that whole work out your salvation means. It's caused a lot of confusion because of ignorance. There is nothing in the Bible that should be confusing. So when we learn, when we get right teachings, you won't have confusion in the Bible. There is no contradiction in the Bible. Never. There is no. There absolutely, there is none. There is no contradiction in the Bible. Anytime you are seeing contradiction, it means somebody is not understanding what is being said. Because God is too plain to confuse. He is too clear. He is too clear. So, these things, like I gave my life to Jesus, as unharmful as it sounds, it's, shapings your mind in your christian living but when i understand that no he is the giver in salvation god gives christ gives his life i am the receiver is there a term like giving your life to jesus yes but not in salvation so you need to understand most of the time i teach in contest so if you don't get the contest you quote me out of contest what i'm saying is that in salvation Getting saved is never your work. Two, is not you giving your life. Because it is Christ who has a life. He gives you his life. You receive his life. He lives in you. You live in him. Another point we establish is that in salvation, we don't confess our sins. Because confessing your sins 
does not make you saved. If, for example, sit in your house and they start saying, I will never lie again. I will never cheat again. I will never steal again. Do you get born again by saying that? Never. So it's important we understand what do we confess. Romans chapter 10, the verse number 8 and 9. He says, with the heart we believe. With the mouth we confess. What do we confess? That Jesus. So it's important we know what we confess. I have been an evangelist. Yes. And all I was doing, come forward. If you want to accept Jesus, come and confess your sins. And I made people to confess their sins. It was ignorant of me. It was what I was told. By reading the Bible properly, I've seen that is not what you do. You don't confess your sins. He says, as many as received them to him, to them he gave the power to become. Even them that believed. First John chapter 4 verses 15, I guess. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God comes to dwell inside of you. So you don't confess your sins, you confess Jesus. You confess Jesus. It's something we should understand so we help others. You see, also as an evangelist, I made salvation a guilt, or better still, the message I used to preach is to preach sin because I thought that the message I must preach is to tell people how sinful they are. So when I tell you how sinful you are, and if you know, so I have categories. If you know you fall into any of these categories, come forward. If you know you have been lying, stealing, fornicating, backbiting, all these things will not go to heaven. So if you know you are one of them. So people came forward because of sin. But that's not the message. So in this teaching, we have learned that there is only one message, which Christ gave, and that's the message we should preach. And that message is called the gospel. And Paul said in Romans 1.16 that he is not ashamed of the gospel. What's the gospel? We have said that the gospel is the good news of Christ. The good news of Christ. What's the good news? The good news that Jesus resurrected. Because if Jesus did not resurrect, we are still sinners. So what he told his disciples, to go, go and tell people, I am risen. So by virtue of him being risen, you have forgiveness of sin. If Christ is not risen, you don't have it. Nobody is forgiven if Jesus still dies. There is no redemption for anybody. Romans 1, 16. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Aha. Uh -huh. For I am not ashamed of he the says, gospel of Christ. He says, I am not Christ. ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power so of God. So it is the gospel of Christ, which is the good news about Christ. What is the good news about Christ? The good news about Christ is not that he was born. No, he's good, but that's not the good news. The good news of Christ is not that he lived in Israel, Jerusalem. He was in Cana. He was. Turning water into wine. He was. That is not the good news. The good news is that he is risen. So he explains. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God which saves. So the only gospel that saves is the gospel of Christ. You can't be saved from being preached hell. I used to do, how do you call that? Video evangelism, where we show people about hell. The second coming of Christ video. The people are crying. Hey! They left me behind. 
So after you feel you washing, how people were left behind. Then if you know the trumpet, if the trumpet blows right now, you won't go. Come forward. Then people are coming forward because of trumpet. Trumpet does not save anybody. The message is not the trumpet. The message, tell somebody the message is not the trumpet. The message is not hell. The message is the good news. And the good news is that Christ was raised from the dead by God. That's the good news. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it. Of it the is gospel the power of, hell, of God, the power of God unto salvation. Unto salvation. To everyone that believes. He says to everyone. So it doesn't matter who you are. Everyone that believes in the gospel of Christ receives salvation. And I've explained that the word salvation is soteria, which means to be saved, to be set free, to be delivered. Soteria is a Greek word. To the Jew first and, to the also, Jews to the first and also to the Greeks. For therein is the, the righteousness Greek symbolizes of people who are not Jews. So you qualify. Verse 17. For therein he is says, the righteousness in that of God revealed. Jesus' resurrection is where the righteousness of God is revealed. From faith to faith. From the old system to the new system. I've explained about faith to faith. If you are a consistent member of this church, you should know what faith to faith is. You see, so sometimes the challenge of life or the challenge of Christianity is that people are no more using the Bible as a yastic. That even if you, you, are, you are bringing scriptures to prove that the message that the, the disciples preached or the message that Jesus sent them to preach was got, had got nothing to do with sin, has got nothing to do with um, hell, they will argue about it. At what point? What scripture are they using? They don't have a scripture. Mark 16, 15 is another great commission that everybody knows. When Jesus resurrected, he gave a commission to his disciples. What was the commission? And he said unto them, Jesus said unto them, Go ye into said, all the world. He said, Go ye into all the world and, and do preach, what? And preach the gospel to every creature. Preach hell? Preach the trumpet? Preach sin? No. He said, Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel to all the world, to every creature. Preach the gospel. The gospel is the message we preach. We don't preach any other thing, we preach the gospel. In other places, he says remission of sin must be preached. Remission of sin is simply saying resurrection because without resurrection, there is no forgiveness or blotting away of sin. So it's the same thing all through. The message is one. When you come to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, 18, he says that he has been given the message of reconciliation. What is the reconciliation? That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. He says not imputing their sin. It's the same thing. So go and tell people that their sins have been forgiven. And the only way they receive forgiveness of sin was by the resurrection of Christ. So this is the message of the church. This is when you meet somebody, you tell them, don't make people's life your business. Some people will look at you and what do you do? You're a seamstress. Okay. You see, some seamstress, when you give your material to them, they'll tell you they are finished. And you go there, they won't bring it. All these things, God doesn't like it. Christ is coming, please. That is not the gospel. That is business advice. Don't, don't, don't miss business training with the gospel. A lot of pastors, we have turned into counselors. We teach people how to do business instead of how to know the word of God. 
So don't use people's experiences to define Christianity. You can write this thing down. That the scriptures are the boundaries for Christianity. The scriptures are the boundaries for Christianity. The scriptures, the word of God is the yardstick for Christianity. If I want to understand what I must do, what I must say, how I must pray, it is not somebody's special revelation they had in their dream. We don't use people's experiences to define Christianity. The scriptures are the boundaries for Christianity. It's said many times people want to impose their experiences on us. And based on I know what I saw, my sister, it was a very dangerous day. Everybody was running, hetaskata. Pastors were running. Stop acting Nigerian movie. Let's go into the Bible. Just this week, a friend came to me, you know, a prophet I used to know died. And before he died, people believed he joined an aquatic. I was not there. I'm not there. They believe. Guess what? They just came to tell me that people had a dream. And he appeared to a lot of people. And he was telling them, my brethren, I'm suffering. So they should change. I laughed. The moment the guy said, I said, it's a lie. He said, a prophet. You know how many people have saw it? I said, forget who saw it. Number one, before the guy died, you people have concluded he's going to hell. So what type of dream will you have about him? You have already said he's an occultic person with no proof. So you, to you, as long as he's an occultic person, he's going to hell. So you definitely have dreams of hell. That's not my point. My point is the scriptures. God, hear me very carefully, will not use a dead person to preach to you. God does not use a dead person. Your dead grandmother will come and give you a message. What is the Bible doing there? Let's go to the Bible. Jesus even gave a parable. Even in a parable, a ghost was not allowed to preach. You remember Jesus' parable? Jesus gave a parable of a rich man and Lazarus. They both died. One went to heaven, one went to hell. Then the rich man said, Oh, Father Abraham, let Abraham, uh, what? Lazarus bring me water. After the water, he says he wants to go to his... He, he, he didn't even say he wants to go. He said they should send Lazarus to his family to go and tell his family that he is suffering. Did you hear what Jesus said? Even in a parable, if you came to church, I've explained what parables are. Parables are not for Christians. Even in a parable, Jesus said no. Nobody is going anywhere to go and preach. There are enough preacher men there. If your family will listen, then they are old. So I, 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 it's sad. People have dreams, and every dream they have, small people going to heaven, plenty of people went to hell. Why is it in the Bible? So people are using fear. God does not want you to be born again by fear. He says that he has not given you the spirit of fear. So how are you getting born again by fear? What is that? We should not let anybody's experience contradict the word of God. If you have a dream, praise God. I believe in dreams. But the dream should not contradict the word of God. The dream should actually confirm the word of God. Then I am okay. But when your dream is saying opposite what the Bible says, then you are a liar. Or better still, God didn't show it to you. It is your imagination. So we don't use dreams to interpret the word of God. The word of God will rather interpret the dream. 
Am I making sense? So it's important for you to know that experiences. I, we, we, in Africa, you have so many people using the experiences to teach us. Experiences don't teach. I had a powerful illustration from Pastor Chris. I love it. I love it. I've been thinking about it throughout the week. Like people who believe in communion so much. That upon all I'm saying, they don't listen. So the question was, okay, why were we taking communion? Some believe, or I used to teach, that when I eat communion, I remember that I am forgiven. Right? Fantastic. So eating reminds me I am forgiven. Number two, the blood. Is it blood or wine? Wine or the vinto that you drink. <laughs> the vinto you drink has power to heal, forgive. It cleanses your sin. Oh, brother. Brother. So, so you know, as I heard that, I was also thinking, right? So the first question was, at what point does the tea bread or butter bread, or most of the time we use sugar bread, at what point does the sugar bread become anointed? Is it at the bakery? How, the, how does, hold on, hold on. How does the power of God enter the bread to have that capacity you talk about? Do you when? The prayer of the man of God. Fantastic. Clap for yourself. Okay. So, <laughs> please everybody follow me here. It's a very important thing. Even if I don't even use the Bible to teach you this, common sense will just tell you. Okay, so I take a bread. Oh, unfortunately, I don't have bread here. Okay, so this is bread. So the bread is ordinary bread. But when I pray on it, the power of God comes on the bread. Then I give it to you. You are standing in front of me. I have power to speak, to make bread anointed. Why am I not speaking directly inside you? Does it make sense? Okay, I'm giving you power. But I'm speaking to the bread... For the bread to give you the power. You are saying it's not the bread that has the power. It is my words that has the power. So why am I not speaking those words directly on you for the power to come direct instead of using a kosombo to bring you the power? Does it make sense? So if we all agree the bread has no power, the wine has no power, save the prayer of the man of God. So Prophet Gilbert says as you eat this bread, you are healed. Why should I use bread to make you healed? I'm saying, in the name of Jesus, you are healed. And you say, you don't believe that one, you want bread. So, does it mean bread is the power one, or the words are the power one? It's like, I'm giving something to you, and I'm giving it to Carol to come and give it to you. But you are standing there that I can give it to you direct. So, do you want direct, or you want me to send somebody to bring it to you? So if I have the power in my words, instead of speaking on the bread, I want to speak directly to you that your sins are forgiven. So stop eating bread. <laughs> Does it make sense? Because you know what happens? If I don't speak the words to you direct and I speak it on the bread, unfortunately for you, you will start worshipping the bread. You start biting a small, small, hey, this bread. If I eat one, what will I do? <laughs> so you go and buy another bread. So every time, bread has become where your faith is. But that's not what Christianity is about. God has left using symbols and tokens, and he is dealing with us direct. It's the same with the olive oil. If you buy budgets, does it have power? 
He has no power. It's the man of God's prayer that makes the bodies powerful. So why should I use bodies when your head is there? So question, do you want the thing direct? <laughs> Are you hearing me? Do you want the thing direct? Or you want me to put it in a bottle? When it finishes, you start calling me prof. Come on. So people are selling what shouldn't be sold. Because your faith has been moved from Christ, the anointed, to things. And the moment it becomes things, your faith in God is limited. Nothing should stand between you and God. It should be direct. So how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, and you don't hear the word with oil. Acts chapter 10 verse 36. 38. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed. God, nobody put oil on Jesus' head. But it was a word that was spoken over his life. And because that word is where the anointing is, anywhere he went, when he lays his hand on the sick, the sick were healed. Because the oil, the anointing of God, is not in a bottle. It is in his words. Am I speaking to a believer? the container the power of God is in his words how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost how does the Holy Ghost come upon you by words words so why why is the church of God building idols now they have moved it to soap to candles ribbon powder to Please, I'm looking for God's power. Where is it? Is it in the soap? Some of you have a well, a Buddha, anointed Buddha, that you go and collect. Are you serious? If anybody had power to anoint anything, it was Jesus. Yet he never left even his disciples with even his dead clothes. Even his dead clothes was not used as a symbol to heal anybody. Because Jesus... Is moving the church from Judaism to proper being a believer. Where a believer, blessed is he who has not seen, but believe. You may not see the hand of God on you, but believe the hand of God is on you. You may not carry any mantle. He is not in the mantle. He says, just speak your word and my servant will be healed. He said, Jesus, can you give me your mantle? Please, Jesus, give me your handkerchief. If I go and place my handkerchief on my son, Nigerians, my son will recover. Mm -mm. Jesus is so wise, he didn't encourage any of these things. The church must know him rightly to believe in words because our authority as a believer is in words. Our authority. He says, you will tell this mountain, be moved. And it shall be moved. We speak and things happen. We speak and things happen. Amazing. Jesus never came from heaven with any form of a, a, a symbol, a token, a mantle. Moses had a rod. Jesus, where is your own? He says, the words that I speak, they are spirits and they are life. Hey! Hey! Whoever will believe in my word. <laughs> his words. is what Christianity is built on. He gave us his word. 
He is his word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. So why don't you want to have God? You want to have a symbol. You want banana. Sometimes I get sad. I mean, some of the things that people say. And how it can grip the whole Christendom. Somebody will just wake up and have a dream about you. And all the scriptures, all the preaching you have listened to, you are throwing away, chasing a dream. A dream you don't even know the source. See, the truth is that. Should I add this one to it? You know, there's another one where two minutes, they, I used to preach that and teach me. If you see yourself dreaming, eating in your dream, they are giving you witchcraft. Please, it's a lie. If you see yourself in your dream eating, ask for drink. There, there, there is no, there is no biblical basis. Ah, uh-uh. you are eating your dream. They are giving you witchcraft. What you are eating? They don't even know what you are eating. So you know, I've been thinking about it. How do you get witch? Charlie, don't let me sway from what I came to teach. You see, eating your dream. Have you been reading the Bible? I saw God, oh God Himself, telling Peter to rise up in his dream. To kill animal, oh, not food, oh. So who is the one who gives witchcraft in dream? It should be Jesus. He appeared to Peter in a dream. Even Peter is telling him that the food he is telling him to eat is on Christ. Forget the on dream. Chop him. He says eat. If eating in a dream has a negative connotation, he will never use it as an example. It means it's nothing. It is the beliefs and the superstitions we have created that is putting us in bondage. Peter was asked to eat. He was not asked to eat rice. You saw yourself eating rice. And you are worried. He was eating tolo monkey. The guy was, oh, he's not, he's not normal animals that he's used to. He will never call them unclean. I'm sure. He just saw mampam. He saw alligator and God said, kill and eat. He said, ah, no, this one please, hey, I'm God. Who are you to say something so I said, chop. So when you see yourself in a dream eating, do what? Eat and ask for a drink. Cold one. Like my people would say, enjoy. When, when you don't put value to it, it will have value in your life. When you start looking for meanings, it will give meanings to you. It's as simple as that. Because I still don't get this mathematics. How you can get witchcraft without your permission. That you'll be there, you have a dream, then you are a witch. Because you ate in a dream. Even God, can he just enter your life? Sometimes people give the devil power so much. When I start teaching, we, when we go to the nest, oh God, you hear things. You will know we have walked in ignorance. The devil doesn't have the power we have been giving him. In fact, Lucifer, the devil, whatever you call him, he was never created with power. No angel has power. The first time Lucifer experienced power, it was given to him by man. Confusion all over the place. He was in heaven. He was a choir director. Which choir? He was singing for who? All these things are imagination in people's mind. He said he fell from heaven. From where? Jesus just made a statement that has been misinterpreted. 
He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. His fall is like how lightning falls. It's lightning that falls. He didn't say Satan was in heaven. And your man punched, boom, dashing. Forget that one. Forget that one. There's so much ignorance that will properly divide the word of truth. So we we'll walk in the liberty where Christ has set us free. Are you following? It is important to note this, that you must be loud where the Bible is loud. And be silent where the Bible is silent. Things that the Bible didn't place emphasis on, don't place emphasis on them. And people are killing themselves over tithing. And the truth is that it's, it's more of pastors who kill themselves than members. I was just thinking in my head, I've been a pastor for some time. And I can tell you a lot of pastors don't pay tithe. Yet when it comes to tight argument, they talk more because the money is going to them. If the money they are taking from them, they won't fight. I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor. Somebody can call you, Papa, I've transferred this money in your account. When do I pay the tithe? Some things will enter your account. Even before the money comes, the money has issues to deal with. Before you think of tithe. Yet you come and stand and tell people, hey, if you don't pay your tithe, you are cursed with the cash. Anytime you get money, the first money you take out, Pastor, when was the first that you took out? When somebody gives you a car, do you pay tight on it? I was sitting by somewhere, somebody brought four cars. How was I going to pay the tight? Even registering it is a problem. Then tighten on it. So if you're really going to talk about tight, 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 and add your cash to your tight, let's start from pastors. How many of them are faithful in their tight? I've been to several churches. When we are giving offering, even the pastor, he doesn't give offering. Normal offering. Yet he will come and stand here, giving time, blessing time. He will preach all the sermon. They are always telling people to give, they themselves. The Bible is not against giving. I have never said you shouldn't give. I have never said you can't decide to give God anything you want. Never. That's not what the Bible says. But the Bible is silent in the New Testament, in the church activities on Titan. You won't hear Titan in the whole of us of Apostles. That's where the church, the activities of the church was documented. And there is not even a single mention. Yet in Acts of Apostles, there are several giving mentioned. People giving their land, their properties to God. And it's recorded. People giving offering. It is recorded. So how come tithe is so important and it was not recorded? All through the epistles. Titan is mentioned once. So how can something be so important and yet it's not mentioned? That's the problem. Are they giving in the epistles? A lot. Several forms of giving. Even in the epistles, which is the doctrine for the church, how the church should live, it talks about even the poor giving. But it doesn't talk about tithing. Don't know why tithing has become a demon who doesn't want to go. Everywhere they are fighting over it. The problem is if you want to give, give. Whether you give or you don't give, you go to hell, you go to heaven. So he said, non-score, please, if you want to give, I'll take it. But I'm telling you, you don't have to pay a tithe. Because tithe is a practice of the Jews, not a Christian practice. No disciple, it is not recorded anywhere that the disciples gave tithe. Communion is not a Christian practice. It was a practice of the Jews. They still do it, even though they don't believe in Jesus. They do communion, it's called Passover. Passover. They, they even do it on the 50th day. You, you do it every week. Or first week in the month. So if you are following that, at least keep the rules they are doing. 
The Passover celebration feast is done only on the 50th day. And please, they don't use sugar bread. They use unleavened bread. So if you want to take communion, make sure you keep the prescription. I can give you the guidelines. Jesus was not teaching when he says the night before he died, he took the cup. Symbolism. He was still under the old covenant and pointing the new covenant to them. He says in this cup, this cup is a, is a token of my blood, which I am about to go and share for you. That's what he was telling them. And he says, just as I am going to share my blood and my body, as believers, share love. When you meet, remember that this Christianity is built on sharing. So anytime you meet, to remember me, remember that love is shared amongst you. Not eating of bread and drinking wine. So there was confusion in the church in Corinth. The Corinthian church, every day they are fighting. So Paul went there and said, what is wrong with you people? Don't you remember the night that Jesus died? He took bread, blessed it, and gave thanks. He took wine, blessed it, and said, take this, eat. This is, he is teaching them what they were told. Even he, Paul, he was not there. So what he was doing was quoting. Because Paul never met Jesus. And he said, listen, to stop the confusion. Some of you say, when we come and eat, break bread. Some say, we are not... We, we, we are not full. Some even you come and drink and you get booze. No, 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 no. Stop that. When we meet to break bread amongst ourselves, if you think you are hungry, eat in your house. If you want to drink, drink. So that when we come, this is just to show love amongst us. Not that somebody will be complaining, the food was this, the food was this. Then he talks about some died. What he was talking about was that because the rich were not helping the poor, the poor people were dying out of poverty. So he's not talking about when you eat communion, you don't eat the communion, and you are not holy, it will kill you. When did communion kill you? When before you took the communion, you even lied. Wrong interpretation of scripture. If you know, you have seen, don't come and touch the bread. So when you are passing the tree, you start doing a scan of your body. Maya Bonana, Panu idiot. Then you see people say, pass it on. <laughs> because they don't want to die. You think bread will kill you. Oh, who told you that the baker of the bread is holy? So if the bread can kill, you should have killed him in the bakery. <laughs> or the one who came to serve it. After all, when we bring it, people serve it here. I think when they are marching, it means they are holy. <laughs> you know the wonderful thing? When they get the communion tray, <laughs> there's a lot of joke in church, oh. <laughs> okay, 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 so, okay, 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 so, so there's power to kill in the bread, so is it before or after, or after it loses its power when you eat it, because if it can kill you like that, it's not only before you eat it, the moment it enters your body, if on your way to the house, you think evil, then all of a sudden your head will start shaking, are you here? The scriptures are given to us for conviction. You can write it down. The scriptures. The scriptures. The Bible. Anything I'm saying, I give you a proof in the Bible. They are given to us for proof and conviction. Scriptures are given for proof and conviction. So if we want to know anything about salvation or how one is saved, the scriptures should be our proof. Do you agree with me? Instead of depending on stories, 
on how people get saved. The Bible is our yastic. I want to state here emphatically and write it in capital. There are more people going to heaven than going to hell. It's not a prayer point. I'm not prophesying. I'm stating the fact. Are you hearing me? Sometimes we say amen for things that we shouldn't even say amen. If you say amen, it means it should come to... No, 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 no. It is what it is. A lot of people are going to heaven more than hell. So instead of saying amen, say glory. That is the truth. Glory to God. That's the will of God. It's not the will of God that people should go to hell. Some people even think some people, God has marked them way. Well, do other that. Another point. Salvation is the will of God for every life. Salvation is the will of God for every life. Salvation is the will of God for every life. It is God's will that everybody should be saved. There is nobody God has marked down that this person will make it. No, 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 no. I have stated severally that Jesus is the explanation of the scriptures. Write these, these scriptures down. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 15, Hebrews 1, 1, John 5, 39. 2 Timothy 3, 15, Hebrews 1, 1, John 5, 39 and 40. So like I said earlier, if we are going to study about salvation, we have to look at salvation through Jesus' view. Jesus' opinion about salvation is what is our focus. Jesus reveals the Father's intent by words and deeds. Jesus reveals the Father's intent by words and deeds. Meaning, Jesus shows us God by the things he said and the things he did. Jesus reveals the Father's intent. Can you do that, John 5, 39? John chapter 5, verse 39. Search the scriptures. Jesus said to them, they should search the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life. He says life. when you search the scriptures, you think you have eternal life. And they are they who testify of me. But the scriptures testify of me. For he says what? And ye will not come to me. You see, the scriptures are talking about me, yet you won't come to me. That ye might have life. So that you have life. Continue. I receive not honor from men. I don't receive honor from men. But I know you. But I know you. That ye have not the love of God in you. Be you he's talking to the Jews. He said they don't have the love of God in them. They are just doing rituals. And they think they love God. Some people, the reason why they were giving tithe was that they said thou are cursed with a curse. So the moment they hear there is no curse, they stop giving. It means that it is fear that made you give. Not because you love God. People do things out of fear instead of out of love. Continue. Verse 43. I am come in my father's name. He says, I have come in my father's and name. Receive me and not. you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name. If another shall come in his own name. Him ye will receive. As for him, you will receive. How can ye believe? How can you believe? Which receive honor one of another. Uh -huh. And seek not the honor that cometh from God. And you are not seeking the honor that comes from God. People are so glued to the old. And when you tell them that Jesus is the center, they are angry. They change their face when you say, hey, no more olive oil. 
It's now Jesus. No, they want the holy for you. Don't know what communion has done for me. So, prof, I'm here what you're saying, but I won't take it. Continue eating. It's your own now. My duty is to teach you. To enlighten you. If you choose to eat, eat. Nothing will happen. You just be in ignorance and we'll be moving forward. Continue. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. No, no, no. It's not my style. There is one that accuses you. He says you. there is one person that accuses. So when people say, and the Holy Spirit told me, if I don't change, you will strike me. Are you okay? What have you been hearing? <laughs> people are hearing things they think is God. He says there is only one person who accuses. And who is he? Even Moses in whom he trusts. <laughs> Moses is the one who gave you the law. The law makes you feel guilty. The law exposes sin. The law preaches sin. Christ preaches grace. For the law came by Moses. He said, you see, Moses who accuses you, you believe him. People are trusting the law, the old covenant, the old testament. That what I'm preaching is foreign to people. Some of you said, I've lost my mind. Some pastors have gathered, they are praying for me. I don't know what they are praying for. Even Moses in whom ye trust. Even Moses whom you trust. For had ye believed Moses. If you have believed Moses. You would have believed me. You would have believed me. For he wrote of me. Because all that you read in the books of Moses. He was trying to picture me that he was not getting. I am the explanation of the Bible. I am the explanation of the Bible. Continue. But if ye believe not his writings. Uh -huh. How shall ye what, believe What are the writings words? of Moses? The scriptures. And he has already told you that the scriptures testify of him. The writings of Moses are the Bible. Everything Moses was writing. Abraham's sacrifice. He was about me. Everything is about Christ. So it's important when you understand the intent of God, you understand why Jesus was called the Christ. I'm saying it again. I first said that Jesus is the intent of God. The idea. It's the same word as Logos. In the beginning was the Logos. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. That word Logos means intent. So Jesus was God's intent. Then when you read on in John chapter 1, he says, and the word became flesh. So the intent of God became a human being. So if Jesus, okay, so let me say this and write it down. The word Christ means savior or the one who saves. The one who saves. So if Jesus is the intent of God, God's purpose, you can write that too. Jesus is God's purpose. Jesus is God's plan. Jesus is God's plan. Jesus is God's purpose. Jesus is God's word. Are you following? So if Jesus is God's intent, God's mind, God's idea, God's plan, God's purpose. And Jesus means savior or save, the one who saved. That means God's plan is to save you. Am I making sense? God's purpose is to save. God's intent is to save. So salvation is the will of God for every man, not some men. So you can write it in a full sentence. That the word of God and the plan of God is to set free, to deliver, and to preserve. The word of God and the plan of God 
is to set free, to deliver, and to preserve. These three things are the definition for soteria. Salvation, set free, deliver, preserve. So when you are saved, you have been delivered, so you don't need deliverance. You have been set free. You have also been preserved, so you have protection. Are you following? I read that last sentence again. The word of God and the plan of God is to set free, deliver, and to deliver, set free, and preserve. So if Jesus is the word of God to humanity, then the word of God to humanity is to save. So if Jesus is the word of God to humanity, then the word of God to humanity is to save. Next point. Why will God want to save? Why will God want to save you? Why is so-so and so person not saved? Why are some saved and some not saved? Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3. Are you with me? Okay, let's fly. How shall we escape? He said, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great salvation. If we neglect... How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord mm -hmm. and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Mm -hmm. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Pause there. So... He says, how shall we escape if we neglect? Not he not saving. If anybody won't be saved, it is not that God didn't want to save, but it's the person who neglected so great salvation. Does it make sense? The word neglect in the Greek means to overlook, to treat lightly, not to attend properly and lastly to ignore there are some people when you preach to them they take it lightly so he says if you if, if you have been preached to and take it lightly if you ignore it there's no other thing you know what the, what <laughs> let's go back again to the verse 3 it's beautiful he did something interesting read it again how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at the first began to be so he uses if we neglect so he places the responsibility of your salvation not on God, but on you. Are you hearing? He says, How as for the salvation, is great. It's so great. It doesn't make sense that all you need to do is to believe. But the responsibility to be saved is not on God. As for God, he wants everybody to be saved. But it is how people receive the word. He came to his own, his own countrymen. They didn't receive him. So they are neglecting is not his duty. Am I making sense? If you neglect so great salvation, then it is you who neglected it, not he who didn't save you. He didn't say so great salvation for some. So great salvation is for everybody. He's talking about so great a salvation plan. The whole Bible is about God's salvation. So if from Genesis all the way, you are still not getting the message. What else can he do? 
That's why it's very sad that after all the Bible has written about salvation, people are having faith in dreams than the word of God. Because all the Bible's message, salvation, Christ is salvation. Most of the time people ask, I want to know the will of God. What is the will of God concerning humanity? First Timothy chapter 2, from verse 1. Everybody, please, if you came to church, you didn't hear anything. Ask for this one, don't miss it. First Timothy chapter 2, from verse 1. I exhort therefore that first of all. He said, I exhort therefore that first of all. Supplications. That is most importantly. Mm -hmm. Supplications. Supplications. Prayers. Which is serious prayers. Intercessions. Supplication. I've taught supplication here. Supplication is not ordinary prayer. So he says, first of all. Supplications. Prayers. Prayers. Intercessions. Intercessions. And giving of thanks. And giving of thanks. Be made for all men. Should be made for who? All men. Everybody. Mm -hmm. For kings. For kings. And for all that are in authority. So when we meet to pray, we don't pray that we have good governance. Father, let's pray that NDC will win the, the seat or MPP will maintain. That's not our prayer point. He says we should intercede for authority. That we may do what? Lead a quiet and peaceable life. Okay. In all godliness. In all godliness. Honesty, uh -huh. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. He says, this is what is good and acceptable. In, if you want to know what is good and acceptable in the sight of men. In the sight of God, sorry. Is that you pray for men's salvation. You want to see what pleases God? That you make serious prayers. For the salvation of others. Not criticize governance. Even the people you are criticized that they are chopping your money. God wants them to be saved. Continue. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Mm -hmm. Who will have all men be saved. He will do what? God will have who? Some men. Christians. He says God will have that all men. The will of God is that all men. Including the one who broke your heart. Amen. Be saved. The one who stole your money. Amen. Amen. Not some men. There is no man that is beyond saving. So don't put a red tag on anybody. Amen. Be saved. And come unto the knowledge of the truth. And come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God. For there is one God. And one mediator between God and men. And one mediator between what? God and men. God and men. The man Christ Jesus. The man Christ Jesus. So when you talk about salvation, there is no salvation outside of Christ. So this scripture, there's only one mediator between God and man, was talking strictly about salvation. No prayer point. Should I come again? There's one mediator between God and man. It's not that Jesus is standing, how people are saying, Jesus is standing at God's right hand and he's pleading the blood. Pleading the blood. When Satan throw an arrow, they will do, away. Please. That's not Jesus' job. It's in your mind. He says, there's only one mediator between God and man. It's the man. Please underline the word, the man. Next week, I'm going there. God didn't die for you. A man died for you. He says, the man. The one who mediates between you and God is a man. Next week I'll be talking about the two, the three Adams. Adam as a function, not a name. 
Adam represented a race. Let's read. For there is one God. For there is one God. And one mediator between God and men. And one mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus. The man Christ Jesus. The man. Who gave himself a ransom for that all. That man is the one who did what? Gave himself. He gave himself for, for Christians. A ransom for who? Oh. For everybody. So there is nobody Christ didn't die for. Everybody. The ones we hate. The ones we dislike. The ones we wish that they die. I'm sorry. That's not the will of God. The will of God is never to let anybody die, whether witch or wizard. I'll prove to you very soon. Don't worry. Please continue. Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. To be testified in due time. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. Watch this. What is the will of God for humanity? 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. He said God is not slack concerning his promises. As some men count slackness. As some men count slackness. slackness. But is long-suffering to us what? But his long suffering to us, what? Not willing that any should perish. God's goodness is seen in the fact that God is not willing that anybody should perish. But that all should come to repentance. That who? All. Everybody. Everybody. Even if Ben Laden was alive, it was God's desire that he get salvation. It doesn't matter how many people he has blasted. The same blood that saved you is the same one that saved Osama bin Laden. Unfortunately, the, the church, we have preached in a certain way, we create enemies amongst ourselves. So sometimes, even when somebody talks against you, you want him to die. Hey! You want to lie about me? If my God is alive! Then they are shaking themselves. You don't know who you are dealing with. I am the apple of God's life, oh Malik. You are focal. Oh, I like this one. I know the covenant I have with my God. Which covenant? Are you a fetish? Because in the New Testament, nobody has a covenant with God. There is no covenant with God as a Christian. You are a son. There is no covenant between a son and a father. If there is any covenant, it is between father and mother. So the two that gave birth to you, they have the covenant. And you are a product of covenant. So you are not a covenant child. It's a deception. So please stop referring to covenant keeping God. No, no, no. It's ignorant. Please continue. But is long suffering to us what? He's long suffering to us what? Not willing that any should perish. He is not willing. God's will is not for anybody. But that all should come to repentance. That all should come to a changing of their mind towards the scriptures. People have a wrong perception of God. So it is God's desire that everybody will come to that knowledge. The epignosis, the right, precise, accurate knowledge of God. That is God's desire. Because a lot of people have desire to serve God by ignorantly. So they are doing things and think they are pleasing God. Our churches are filled with murderers. Writing people's name with red ink. And they say red is the blood of Jesus. When did Jesus' blood become an ink of a pen? Killing people is not a character of God. If what you do is kill people, no. You have swayed from God's character. You are on your own. 
or you are joining the other party. Are you following me? It is not God's wish that anybody should die. If the people had prayed that God should keep Paul, we won't have the epistles we have. Paul was like a suicide bomber. He was killing Christians anyhow. He targets when they are doing church service, you enter there, catch the pastor, stone him to death, brother Paul. When Paul got saved, when God encountered Paul and told, is it Barnabas or Ananias? He was asking God, God, which Paul are you talking about? Is it the Satan Paul or which Paul are you talking about? He wanted to be sure before he goes out. When God is talking to him. Because some of us, we think some people, they are beyond saving. Because what you are thinking of is the hurt they have caused you. And you wish that same hurt comes to them. That is not Christianity. When you wish evil for people who do you evil, that's not Christianity. When you want justification, you want to prove you are right, that's not Christianity. Say, pray for those who wrongfully use you. Love your enemies. Pray for those who despisefully use you. Then you become a son of your father. It's in the Bible. They ask Jesus to call down fire to kill like we do in charismatic churches. He says, don't you know the spirit that you are of? That the son of man did not come to destroy lives. The son of man does not use Holy Ghost fire to kill anybody. That is not the character of God. The Holy Ghost fire is not to kill. In fact, where did you find the fire? What have you been killing? Causing murder on people whom God has saved. God does not desire the death of sinners. Give me Ezekiel chapter 18. The last verse, let me see what's there. Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 32. For I have no pleasure He in says, I have no pleasure in what? The death of him that dieth, saith the Lord God. Uh-huh. Wherefore, turn yourselves... Start from verse 31. Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 31. Cast away from you all your transgressions. Cast away, throw away all your transgressions. Whereby ye have transgressed. Whereby ye have transgressed. And make you a new heart. And make you a new heart. And a new spirit. And a new spirit. You're talking about salvation. For why will ye die, why will house ye die of O Israel? house of Israel? That I have no pleasure I have in the no death of him that dieth. That in, in, in who? Of him that dieth. 33 verse 11 is another scripture. 33 verse 11. Watch this. Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 11. Uh-huh. Say unto them. Say unto them. As I live. As I live. Sayeth the Lord God. Sayeth the Lord God. I have no pleasure I in the death no of the wicked. I have no pleasure in the death of who? The wicked. So the people you are killing, God has no pleasure in them dying. I have no pleasure. In the death of the wicked. In the death of the wicked. But that the wicked turn from his way and but live. What is that the wicked will turn from his ways and, and live. live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will ye die, O house of Israel? Ah, so I don't care who killed your mother or who killed your father. What they did was evil, but they dying doesn't change anything. And it doesn't please God that somebody who causes you pain should die. He has no pleasure. In the death of sinners. When, simple, when sinful people die, the heart of God breaks. 
but you, you are happy. Come on, shout if you have killed your witches. Yay, die. Everybody lift up your hands and say, fire, fire. Shoot them. Pay, two, pay, three, pay. Then we are celebrating. We have killed all of them. And then God is sitting in heaven and saying, Shit, I have no pleasure in killing the wicked. I have no pleasure to see the death of wicked people. Yet my children are killing people every day. Obi Fawusika, die. Obi Diwokonkonsa, die. Die. Father, let them die so that I will take what they have. Is this Christianity? Why is our church filled with bloodshed? Why is our pulpit filled with wickedness? And yet the God we claim to serve, the God we claim, he answers these prayers. He's saying he has no pleasure to see a wicked person die. So my question as you go home, who killed them? If God says he doesn't have pleasure in killing them, he didn't kill them, who killed them? Rise up on your feet. This was a message from the General Overseer of Yakal House, Reverend Gilbert Osei. We are available anytime for prayer, support, and counseling. Please don't hesitate to call us on 0544-600-600. That's 0544-600-600. We love you, and there's nothing you can do about it.